listening to Enjoy an Album, the podcast where two comedians listen to the top 500 greatest albums of all time. Thank you for your continued, continued, <laughs> continued, continued, thank you for your continued support. Uh, Unless it's your first time listening, in which case, welcome to the well, yeah, Enjoying Album podcast. So the support from downloading it to listening up to this point has been uh, continued. So, A continued be unexpected. Yeah, you've made it past me mispronouncing one of the easiest words in the English <laughs> language. It's my first language, I should say. Do you have a second language? No. I was, pretty <laughs> good. I was pretty good at French, actually, when I was really young. And then it got uh, got to like 14 and you had to choose what you wanted to study. And it was like French or drama. So like, well, obviously I'm doing drama. Um, so I dropped it. But I would literally, when I went to Paris with my parents, uh, when I was like 12, they kept sending me up to like train station kiosks and stuff to talk to people in French. So I was good at it. But then uh, now I can't. Can you do an impression of your dad telling you to go talk to a waiter? Liam, Liam, go tell him. Uh, ask him what they have on draft. <laughs> do they have fasters? Go ask him. Bonjour. Uh, Excusez-moi. Uh, <laughs> I am a petit poisson. <laughs> I'm a little fish. <laughs> did can... you tell him? Did you tell him? Or did you tell him you're a little fish? I told him I'm a little fish, Dad. <laughs> You're a bastard, my boy. And Papa? Uh, Papa so, I don't me? have a second language. Oh. Um, but I, I reckon I could... If I really knuckle down, I reckon... It's a bold claim. I reckon within a year I could speak pretty pretty good French again. I ordered an ice cream in Catalonian last week. Uh, dos, uh, por favor, um, si vous plaît. Um, One... One, please. <laughs> please in a different language. <laughs> no, uh, uh, dos sabores, uh, dos cones, uh, una chocolata y una stracciatella. Duolingo Al is fucking... <laughs> Hang himself, right man. Now. He's like, I wish I didn't have wings to save myself from this noose. Whenever I'm, um, whenever I'm in France... Um, it all sort of comes back to me slowly after a few days, and then I get real cocky, and I like go down to the the bakery and like un chocolatine s'il vous plaît, uh, uh, merci beaucoup, madame. Chocolatine? What's a chocolatine? Chocolatine is uh in the south of France what they call pain au chocolat. Really? Yeah, if you call it a pain au chocolat in the south of France, they're like, oh, sacré bleu, chocolatine, un petit poisson. You fucking little fish. You fucking little fish. Um, Ooh, and then, long. so then I, you know, I say that and they go, oh. and I'm like, oh, oh, oh no, they don't want a whole goddamn conversation about what yeah. kind of little fish I'm calling them. No. I uh, hate that thing when you, and you I get a sentence. Je ne madame. Je n'ai pas de parler français. I have that and loaded in the barrels. But see, when you say je n'ai pas de parler français, with great pronunciation they kind of look at you like you seem like you do well imagine you're working in a shop and someone come in hello excuse me i don't speak any english 
You go, mm. I don't know. I think you do, man. <laughs> you little fish. <laughs> I am, a, I don't speak any English. I am a little fish. I am a little butterfly. And you're like, well, okay. Now you've yeah. said that, I do okay, believe you. Okay, little don't fish. Know. Good luck to you. Um, hey, if you enjoyed the podcast, um, get your head examined. Get your head out. Yeah, you get your head out. Um, thank you for downloading and telling your friends if you enjoy the podcast, sharing the clips when they do come out. Um, Is that what's known as... Um, what's that thing Noam Chomsky's always talking about? Uh, consent. It's like the... Man- manufacturing consent. See what you just did there by saying, thank you for telling your friends. Is that manufactured consent? No, manufactured consent is this, like... Oh, my God. Can I, you like... explain manufactured consent for me just now? Uh, um, uh, do you actually want me to? I can, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. Okay, so it's like to do with the kind of Overton window, right, as well, in terms of what is politically What's... acceptable for yeah. the general public to, you know, uh, talk about politically. So mm-hmm. manufacturing consent would be... So the Iraq war would be a really good example of, like, the, the media, press, politicians uh, at large mm-hmm. um, discussing uh, a thing in a certain way so as to influence the the population, you know. So, so people you, go, we should go to war with Iraq. Sure, it's kind of like a manu- manufactured consent is um, a way of. Do you think a lot of podcasters consent. manufacture consent with their Patreon thing? Because I feel like in most situations in your life, you're saying, "Can you give me money?" is unacceptable, but then it's fine for podcasters. No, I don't I think it's a completely different thing. I d- I don't really know what we're talking about. It. I just heard it the other day, and I was like, "I wonder what that means." God, I know Mark Jennings is a fan of this as well, and he's going to be so like he's going to be shaking his head at my description of manufactured consent on the flag. They're not talking not, about manufactured consent on some laugh podcast. I tell you that much. It's not that Liam's got it wrong. He's <laughs> he's going to fucking message and say Liam's got his definition of manufactured consent all wrong. I was on the fly, Mark. <laughs> Give me a break, and you out Chomsky me, motherfucker. Talking about getting out Chomsky this week. We're listening to. Scream Adelica by Primal Scream. Yeah, um, it's a good episode. Uh, we, we chat about um, MDMA a bit, kind of. Um, we chat about um, labour in the Palestine. 80s. It's from Palestine. We do. God almighty, what's wrong with us? Why are we talking about all this stuff? I want to get uh, a new audience. We, we chat... <laughs> We chat about Primal Scream and the album Scream with Delica at some point, would you believe? Um, hey, if you enjoy the podcast, uh, why not come see us at the Edinburgh Festival? We're both doing shows at the Monkey Barrel Comedy at Carnival, one after the other. Tickets are on sale now. Come see both of us, one after the other. What a fun night out that will be. Thanks so much. Also, okay. you can come see us both do an episode of Enjoying Album at the Edinburgh French Life. Yes, dates are in... The post. What? They said in the post? Yeah. Literally? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know what manufacturing consent is, and I do not know what they said in the post means. I was born yesterday. <laughs> Shout out to Will McKee, aka Ersat Scott Pilgrim, aka Eddie Ting, for editing and producing the peed cast. Um, and I hope you have a lovely week. During and after you listen to this podcast, what are you laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> the days are in the post. I don't know. 
dates in the post. Are you talking about the little dried fruit? I've, I've, I've posted some dates to you if you're, if you're getting hungry on your, your pilgrimage. You've given you've done an impression of yourself there. Weird. Listen, mm. uh, enjoy this bit of a long intro. Boy, oh boy. Enjoy the episode. See you soon. Nobody likes a long intro. Goodbye. Rolling Stone magazine's introductory paragraph about Primal Scream's Screamadelica. Primal Scream was a run-of-the-mill UK alt-rock band who discovered rave culture, overdosed on acid house music, and retrofitted their sound with the fun, trippy, druggy disco rock diversions on Screamadelica. The single, Loaded, their first UK hit, combined house piano, folk melodies, and a danceable beat, while moving on up their US breakthrough, drew from hippie folk strumming, gospel choruses, and stonesy guitar and tambourine. Sure, some of Screamadelica feels like meandering mood music, but that's proof that sometimes the journey is more fun than the destination. Just what is it that you want to do? Well, we want to be free! We want to be free to listen to a podcast! We want to be free! About the 500 greatest albums of all time! We want to listen to a new album every week! See if we like it! We See want the secret partial. Fizzy drinks and burp and have the burps edited out of the podcast. We want to have arguments about how to pronounce names. <laughs> and we want to get loaded. Scream Adelica. We want to get loaded, but without <laughs> launching a Patreon. <laughs> Although, maybe we should save this for the intro, but listen. Thomas Craven, great listener, got in touch. He said, Liam, Christopher, do you want to start a Nintendo family with us? Okay, okay. Can I tell the story? Because I think it, I've got a funny thing that I want to add to this story. Okay, go for it. So very, thanks very much to Thomas Craven, comedian and listener, um, who got in touch and said, I enjoyed the podcast. As a thank you, um, can I add you to my Nintendo Switch family? It means you get Nintendo Switch online for free. That's a way of playing old Nintendo Switch games. And I said, listen... We don't do the podcast to get stuff. You don't have to give us anything like that in order to say your thanks. The best thanks you can give us if you enjoy the podcast is to keep listening and occasionally recommend to your friends. And he said, that's funny because Chris accepted it immediately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the time you'd said that, I'd already been playing Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine for the Sega Mega Drive for two and a half hours. I'm on robot number nine. Some of us have a little thing called class. And did you not see all that kind of beeswax stuff I got off of Rebus NZ, fantastic member of the CMB Hive, funnily enough. Uh, and uh, he sent me a load of products from his skin because I had really bad dandruff when I put it on Twitter. He said, listen, pro bono. And listen, we don't have a Patreon, all right? You can't support us financially. What you can do is, tax-free, give us little presents. <laughs> I like that version. Bring like some presents. That. Bring some presents to the live shows at the Edinburgh Fringe. Okay, listen. It's um, it's Primal Scream's Screamadelica. It's a Scottish album. Scottish record. Glasgow. Glasgow, Glasgow. boys. I love Glasgow saying Glasgow because you've messed it up two ways. Glasgow. Glasgow. They're fake. Glasgow. Glasgow. Um, so quite a biggie, quite a biggie for this Scottish-based album podcast. Do you think so? 
because I don't really see them as part of the the canon. You know, nobody really talks about them here. What, do you think so? Yeah. Although I'll, I'll tell you the first time I heard of them. Please do. I was 13 years old. And uh, I was getting right into rock music. You know, I was listening to uh, the School of Rock soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I was playing Guitar Hero 1 for the PlayStation 2. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. And I had just begun my journey to the top of, mm-hmm. of playing rock and roll. And becoming Jack Black. And becoming Jack Black. I became Sarah Silverman. Uh-oh. And, uh, you know, we know what she said about certain things, right? So, um, I remember saying to my friend, I was like, I really want to go and see a rock band live. I want to see a rock show. Mm. I've heard about it. Sounds good. And she said, no way. My mum has just said she wants to take me and one friend to go see a rock band called Primo Scream. And I'd never heard of them. And just by the name, I was like, I think this is going to be too heavy for me, man. Is it a, is it a heavy name, isn't it? It it's sounds like, like you... it's going to be crazy music. A pri- Like a, scri- a primal scream. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Like some animalistic howling. It's like, um, this is a problem that the band The Darkness found when they first named themselves. Yeah. Was it by a name? It sounds like a lot gothier. Mm. It sounds the like darkness. you're going to be... Cl- you know, crouched in a church after midnight, you know, making uh, triangles and stars in the dirt with your finger yeah. and sacrificing. and, you know, jacking each other off. Primal Scream. I thought it would be like, you know, like what you hear about Iggy Pop in the 70s when he's just like broken glass and screaming and... Punching audience members. Punching people, spitting on people. And I was like, oh my God, that's going to be sick. Tell your mum, yeah, we're going to go see Primal Scream. And I'm going to, like, get punched in the head and I'll become a rocker. I have one eye, but people will call me Chrissy One Eye or something, you know. Biohazard Boyd. Biohazard Boyd will come to life. And then I went on YouTube and I typed in Primal Scream. And it's fucking this type of music. It's like house music. It's like, mm. and I hadn't, I was nowhere near taking MDMA yet. So I had no interest in this type of music. I was just on the Pepsi Maxis. And uh, I, I, I was like, I'm not going. Fuck this. So you declined? Wow. I declined because I'd not had my first proper rock show be uh, this this type of music. My um, my first, I think, I think I'd probably had heard of them, but uh, I think my first introduction to them properly was in two thousand and six, oh. which is much later. I would have been like sixteen, seventeen, um, and when they released "Country Girl," Country I was, I was, Girl, I was, th- take my hand. That song, yeah. You know I was song? thirteen in two thousand six, so that actually was probably the same. That year. tracks probably around yeah. the same time. Um, well, yeah. Well, they released that that song. I mean, it was probably that tour. That makes sense that, mm. that you were maybe going to go see because that song was their probably. The, I think that literally the highest charting hit. It came in at number five. Um, I think I that. I reckon if you went on YouTube and watched a video, it's like got a a, a sort of young model dresses like a Dolly Parton type country girl, and he's in like a nudie suit. Um, which listeners will know means a uh, invisible suit. So you can see his cock and balls. Come on, that's not what it means. <laughs> Please don't besmirch the nudie brand. The nudie suits were just like that classic sort of country crazy suits that the the guys um... comes from rodeo culture. If you listen yeah, to the yeah. Cocaine and Rainstones podcast, that is what's the titular the of, Rainstones. What's the name of the band? The guy went on to become Grateful Dead. We covered it. 
the guy went on to become the Grateful Dead. No, he was it. There was like Grateful Dead affiliated. He, he killed himself on a mountain. Graham Parsons and the Flying Burrito Brothers. The Flying Burrito Brothers wore nudie suits, didn't they? Yeah, but they had like, like oh, we've got like hash on ours because we're a rock band and a country band, whereas real country people put on like pills. Well, I've been getting into country, and uh, I've been getting into country. I just want to say that. Well, I've been I've been getting into country, and uh, Primal Scream of a song called Country Girl. I feel country like that is the girl, ultimate in getting into country. My hand. Um, it's a pretty good song. I liked it at the time. Um, so that was the first time I really heard of them. And then I became aware of this album, Scream of Delica, just as you get into music. It's like, it was a big album. Um, I remember a few years later, 2011, I went mm-hmm. to the Hogmanay Street Party for New Year's Eve. And they had two concurrent, um, like, parties. Uh-huh. And I went to the one on Princess Street, the main one. Um, and they had bands like buzzy bands at the times, so like the vaccines playing. Um, but concert in the gardens, I remember reading, was uh, Primal Scream playing Screamadelica in its entirety Ooh. for its twentieth anniversary. Shall I enter? Um, and uh, it's funny that we should be doing this this week because in like three weeks' time, Primal Scream are playing. Um, Glasgow, I think it's the, the bandstand. I think um, the Kelvin Grove bandstand. It, oh, it's, it's, it's Glasgow. They're doing two nights on a Friday and Saturday, and they're playing Scream oh. Delica in its entirety for oh, its 30th really? anniversary. Yeah. So that'll come out. This episode will probably come out around the time. I think still still before. I think it's the first second of July, so it's the 10th today. So well, Maybe we could uh, uh, give them a shout out and say, hey, guys, if you want us to come and do a live version of the podcast to support you yeah. at the bandstand, two guys I talking think- about come. I think Big Bobby Gillespie will be into that. He's a he's a fellow hey, comrade. Hey man, you can't see for, it because it's a for podcast. audio listeners, which is everyone. Um, Chris has pulled his short hair down to try and make it long hair. If one of us was going to do an impression of Bobby Gillespie's long hair, I think me with long hair is probably a better suited to that. <laughs> Can you do his I, voice though? I can't do the voice. That's we were um, we were doing a lot of ecstasy at the time, and um really just listen to Parliament Funkadelic and kind of things of that nature. Shut up, man. I like him. He does seem like a total uh, music dweeb, you know? Yeah, you you find you find solace in that? I hate people who are like me and uh, like the same things I like. Is there that's any probably more? why we don't that's probably why we get on so well because <laughs> I'm like good looking, charismatic <laughs> in charge of my life. Yeah, well, that's, I don't I don't own Funko Pops. Don't bring that up. <laughs> Don't bring that up, please. I was watching, talking about the kind of legacy of this record, I was watching a kind of um, absolute radio interview between Bobby Gillespie and some wee guy in a cardigan. And uh, the wee guy in a cardigan was like, um, it's incredible, you are listed on so many lists, you know, uh, the greatest albums of all time, and you're up there with Transformer and Revolver and uh, Blonde on Blonde, how does that feel? And uh, Bobby Gillespie went, <laughs> I fucking love that stuff, man. <laughs> right. And I was like, yes. Great. That reminds me of when um, Paolo Nutini was uh, interviewed at the Mercury Awards and he was absolutely shit-faced. Mm-hmm. And he was just, they were like, so how do you feel? It's, you know, been a big night for you. It was like, I pure love it, man. This is amazing. <laughs> ah! I hate Iceland, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this album won the first ever Mercury Prize. Yeah, I was going to say that. And then uh, and then I said it. 
Yeah, so thanks. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he, he showed up at the was. they didn't like the vibe, so I went to his pal's house and they sent a limousine round with loads of coke for him. Coke mm. and pills and stuff. And he went, okay, I'll come back. And then they won it. I didn't know. I, didn't, I mean, I knew that the Mercury Music Award was an absolute fucking sham shite thing that doesn't really mean or represent anything. But I didn't know that it was started by the guy who came up with the Now That's What I Call, 1997, like those albums and stuff. Oh, really? Dude, I, I, I disagree a bit about the Mercury Prize. I think it's uh, one of the, the better award ceremonies that there is. Pity play, isn't it? It's pity play. Well, yeah, you have to you have to pay, I think it's £40 for your no. thing to get in it. Thousands of pounds. Thousands and thousands of pounds. These, these Mercury people. What even is that, Mercury? It's a planet. Is it? Yeah, so this is... Um, like representative of what kind of music people like on Mercury. Fuck. That, yeah. That's good then. I think that's good. We need to get other other perspectives. I'm all about diversity of perspectives. I think <laughs> lots of different voices coming in and having different opinions. So it does crop up on a lot of lists, this, because... Why do you think it crops up? I think it crops up because it's like the first of its kind. Yeah, I mean, this, this and Happy Mondays. It's interesting that we, you know... We were talking last week about Blur and Park Life, and and this album came up in terms of like, you know, big Britpop successes. And I, I was like, I don't really think. This no, this is, is more. And I said that, but this is more Madchester, isn't it? This is the thing before Britpop. The Britpop. Yeah, well, heavily influenced from. by the whole Madchester thing. But it, it's interesting that like British music was getting such a a shit time from the press. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to Park Life, this is a few years b- before Park Life. Um, and yet they, this and Happy Mondays were happening as well. So, like, it's just, they're not considered, they're not like indie bands like we know, but they're just not considered in the same breath as, like, Britpop, even though they're kind of around the same time. Aye. I think it's because it's, like, half dance music, this record, you know? Yeah. And um, a lot of music journalists, and I say this as a former music journalist, um, a legit music journalist, a journaled music, Uh a lot of them are little dickless virgins, you know, yep. who yeah. are weenies who don't like drugs and dancing. So they only want to listen to kind of rock music that sounds the way rock music sounded 40 years ago um, instead of, like, interesting in new stuff. Yeah, which is interesting considering the the story of how Primal Scream got from where they uh, were previous records to, to this one. Um, but before we get into that, let's get into the background of Ur Bobby. Ur Bobby. Where's we book it? Uh, secret pass show. Secret, secret pass show. You do it fast and it feels like, Nash, you got no money. You got Dash Bro secret pass show. Um, so, Bobby was born in Springburn. I've, I, uh, what's Springburn No like? pass show. Yeah, immediately. <clears throat> Can you tell me anything about Springburn? Where is it? Good shop, I'm saying. A Springburn shop, I'm saying. Right. Uh, it's to the north of Glasgow, I believe, Springburn. Okay, have you ever been there? Yeah, wouldn't go back. Right, okay. Um, he went to normal school. Um, he, he he went. Uh, Alan McGee was at his school, who went on to create Creation Records, which then managed Primal Scream, Oasis, Felt. Let's not leave out Felt. Please don't. <laughs> that was next on my list. The Jesus and Mary chain. The Jesus and Mary t- chain. Yep. So and these were all kind of related. They all cross over as well because, um. Bobby Gillespie played drums for the Jesus and Mary chain. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan McGee was in a band, I think, uh, with Andrew Innes, who then went on to play 
um, in uh, Primal Scream. So there was like these three guys. They were all involved in all sorts of different projects that that overlapped. Um, same school as Jerry Cinnamon. Same school as Jerry Cinnamon. That's really uh, that's something, isn't it? She's a belter. She's a belter, and she knows just what I like. Waking up and doing shades and feeling alright. Uh, Alan yeah. McGee said something funny in a documentary I was watching last night. I was watching the classic albums TV show, which I had when I was growing up. I had the Iron Maiden Number of the Beast episode on DVD, and I had the Motorhead uh, by Motorhead episode. Mm. Um, Motorhead is on the list. Iron Maiden's Number of the Beast is not, which is a sin. Uh, and it was like uh, Al McGee was like, "Yeah, man, we put out a lot of records out, and almost everybody I'm very fond of, but most of the music I can't really listen to it. But this album, it's all right." Wow, high praise! High praise from uh, one of the uh, most significant s- figures in the last <laughs> thirty years of British music. He's the PT Barnum of Britpop, baby. Um. Bobby Gillespie's dad was a union man, um, and uh, it was a big... Red flag for me, personally. <laughs> big trade unionist. Um, he ran as a candidate for Labour in the 1988 elections in Govan. Mm-hmm. Um, he lost to the SNP. Yeah. Um, this is like a pre-Blairite Labour. This is your socialist Labour. Pre, uh, um, Pre-Nicholas Sturgeon, SNP as well, so... Yeah. Um, Bobby Gillespie wrote a book in lockdown about his upbringing called Tenement Kid. Yeah. Which apparently is supposed to be brilliant. I've heard it's amazing. I would love yeah. to read that. I might read that. Um, his family all lived in one room sharing a bathroom with other families. Mm-hmm. Um, later moving to a room and kitchen in the same tenement uh, with the then family of four sharing a bedroom. Did I tell you about the four pie I made when I was in therapy about this type of stuff? No. Um, no, go ahead. <laughs> So we're just we're just soft launching the fact that Chris is uh, in therapy. People respect that these days. Uh, I was saying, oh, you know, I don't like my living situation. It's dead stressful. And, but you wonder how did people do it? You know, like a hundred years ago, when like everybody was living in like one room, and the guy was like, "That wasn't a hundred years ago," you know. And I was like, "Oh fuck, man!" Pure embarrassed myself about how long ago I thought people lived in social deprivation. And he probably lives in one room with all his family. <laughs> I don't think he does. Well, you don't know, man. You're his only client. Yeah. Because he's not a therapist. And I was in Barcelona last week, so I couldn't even fucking go, you know? Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, what were you saying about being a tenement kid? <laughs> well, we're, we're saying this is as bloody working class as they come. It was funny talking about his dad, because um, every week we do s- Tattoo Woohoo. Not Secret We do Secret Post Show. Then we do a segment called Tattoo Woohoo, Tattoo do Boohoo. It. Do we do it every week? Well, we haven't done it the last two or three weeks or four weeks because I keep forgetting to do it, even though I do the research. I looked it up. Last week you were saying, oh, Bill Bobby Gillespie, he'll have tattoos, didn't you? Yes. I, yes. D- I didn't know that you needed my confirmation of what I said whilst bringing it up. I need sure. your confirmation, please. Okay. It's like becoming a Catholic. I need the confirmation. Okay. So, <laughs> Bobby, uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't have any tattoos, but his dad... Ah, we're 
two guys reviewing tattoos. We're gonna Google image searching and we'll choose if it's tattoo woohoo or tattoo boo. We're judging the ink, yeah, that's what we do. Full sleeve or face tats, big skull or wing. Bat you pick their design, is it a bat or just fine? A dragon or a skull, pretentious or dull, you cannot hide. And we will decide if it's tattoo woohoo or tattoo boo hoo. So he doesn't have tattoos, so we're going to do the tattoos of his dad. We're going to do tattoo boo-hoo or tattoo dahoo. Right. His dad has a tattoo. His dad too. His dad too. His dad tattoos are... Tattoos are your dad's tattoos. Bobby Gillespie's tattoos are... He went on a sailor, he was in the Navy, a merchant navy, and he got Hong Kong tattooed on his knuckles. Hong on one hand, Kong on the other. For me, that's a wahoo. <laughs> no, it's a woo It's not <laughs> The issue this week is <laughs> This week is tattoo woohoo, tattoo boohoo, tattoo dahoo, or tattoo wahoo. <laughs> and I'm giving it a big tattoo. Tattoo Wario. <laughs> Wario So I'm giving it a big uh, Ooh. Okay, good. I'm I'm so excited for all the Primal Scream fans who have stumbled <laughs> across this podcast. What feature is this? Is this a feature where they review the tattoos of the artist's dad? It's tattoo dad. Who would you see Hong Kong on the knuckles? Hong and Kong, one <laughs> per knuckle. Um, I think I think that's pr- pretty bad. Tell you what, though, <laughs> see if I woke up in his body, right, his dad's body, and he was alive, I would get Kong. Keep that. I would surgically attach more fingers to my other hand and then get donkey put on it. Why not King and Kong? Oh, yeah. That's good. A Kong is also... Uh, that's the name of a dog toy that we give to, to Bertie. It's like a... It's like a, a rubber... It's like a rubber toy with a big hole in the middle that you stuff with food and then freeze. Um, and then you give it as a treat and it's quite hard to get the food out. So Yeah, I think I would like that if, I, if you didn't you freeze like to, it. You would, you would like to lick... You'd like to lick dog food out of a, a rubber a rubber hole? No, but if you put, you know, a little bit of gnocchi in there or, you know, some nice custard. <laughs> I'd, like, I'd, 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 I'd like custard at a rubber hole for a good laugh. Do you know what, though? I think the idea of someone in 1988 running to be the Labour candidate of uh, of Govan with the words Hong Kong <laughs> tattooed on his arms is actually, on his hands, is yeah. fucking awesome, actually. Tattoo where who? Tattoo, tattoo woohoo i've lost the track of like what the point oh, wow i can't believe that this <laughs> nonsensical feature is having issues i've it's lost track issues. of what i'm talking about um i could quickly do the the tattoo woohoo's for damon Albarn and let it all in and but i think i'll just leave it i think i'll just you missed a chance I missed my missed chance. It. easy so he's in the Jesus and Mary chain as a drummer. We've already got the Jesus and Mary chain on the playlist. Um, just like Honey is was uh, placed there on the uh, on the Ronettes episode, I think. Yeah, because they the used same... to be my baby drum beat. Yeah, which is because um, Bobby Gillespie, not very good drummer. No. Um, he he only used a snare and um, floor tom. Big one. Yeah. Do 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 And I mean, I, I I doubt the fucking Jesus and Mary chain had more than four strings on the guitars you know what I mean they were just going yeah they're not on the list they should be is Psycho Candy not on the list not on the list that's shocking they should be well I think this is for all the amount of lists that this album is on Mm -hmm. I'm kind of surprised it's to slow down in the 400s it's an American list yeah I guess I know it broke America 
I watched I watched them do a guest appearance on probably one of the worst uh, talk shows I've ever seen. Like the in in between banter where this host was just I think it was Dennis Miller. Have you seen that comedian? Awful yeah. American comedian, like so snarky, no warmth whatsoever, just pure nineties cynicism in a tacky suit with a fucking permed mullet. You just want to crack the cunt. Um Dennis, if you're listening, I'm gonna fucking say about you, right? But uh, they they did break America with this record, so it did pop over there, but not in the same way that it kind of did over here, where it's like, if you're a pill casualty for the 90s, this is like tattooed on your balls, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so he was in The Juice of Mary Chain whilst also being in Primal Screen. Primal Screen released their debut single, and then the guys from Juice of Mary Chain were like, look, it's Scream or it's Mary Chain. Make your choice. Uh-huh. And he went, well, this Primal Screen, I'm... I'm the front man of this band. This uh-huh. band I want to be in. So I'm going to go and be in Primal Scream. And they left Jesus and Mary Chain. Um, and then they released their first single. The first two albums did not do well at all. No. The first album is like this jangly uh, sort of indie. It's uh-huh. a bit like... Um, the Birds. Yeah, yeah. Or, or Big Star or something. You know, yeah. you can kind of... And I guess this is what we're talking about with Blur when they're saying, oh, it, it, indie music wasn't really... British indie music really wasn't doing anything. Yeah. Like the music press at the time didn't really give it any attention. So then what Primal Scream did for their second album was like, okay, we're not going to be a jangly indie band. We're going to be a sort of hard rock, more grungy band like Nirvana. Mm. Leather trousers. It was it was more like fucking... I mean, Nirvana would never have wore leather trousers. It was more like Pedal Jammer, like some big yeah. sle- greasy rock band. Do you know what I mean? And people were like, what the fuck are you doing, man? So again, another album that did not go very well. Mm. And then Alan McGee, Alan McGee, to uh, to some acid house. <laughs> started taking them to um, to raves. Uh-huh. Bobby Gillespie's like, I didn't really get it at first, but Is then it? I started yeah. taking drugs, and it was all right. Yeah. Um, they met Andrew Weatherall, um, who was a big DJ at the time, and they gave him uh, a copy of one of their songs from their second album. Um, I don't want to lose your love, yeah. which he then remixed, turned into Loaded. The song and, I did at the start, we did at the start, and then that became the big song. I don't want to lose your love. I don't want to lose your love. But That's a good song, isn't it? And really, they just started leaning into all the samples. I mean, this has got to be one of the. I mean, this is '91. This has got to be one of the first sort of like I don't know rock records that like started doing that with samples and stuff. Yeah, I think uh, Public Image Limited were doing it, but not as not an they're accessible an, way. You know yeah, I mean? they're another Alan McGee band. I think they're on Creation Records as well. I think. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Um. So the sample had such was such a hard on for the Sex Pistols. Yeah, the sal- the sample is from a film called Wild Angels with Pete Fonda. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to be whatever the people say we'll be. We, we want to get loaded. We want to get loaded. Yeah. Yeah, you tell him, man. Um, that that sample, it was actually sampled two years before. The sample's basically definitely stolen. Not stolen, but like the idea of it. It's used in the exact same way in a song by Mudhoney. Is it really? There's a song called In and Out of Grace by Mudhoney. Wow. Um, and it opens with the exact same clip. That's it's also up. referenced in The World's End, the, the movie, the Simon Pegg movie. No, the whole song's in it. It's like the first song at the start of it. 
Yeah, but it then shows it, you when they're when they're in, when they're in 1991 when they're like coming out of school and stuff. Oh, yeah, okay, them. but but it's also ref- like the dialogue. So like the alien thing comes down, mm-hmm. and like um, the aliens like what what it's like the end of the film. He's like, what do you want? And some pig says, we want to be free mm-hmm. and we want to get loaded. Even you know, though he's a suicidal guy in recovery. Yeah, I haven't seen the film. I just saw. <laughs> Why are you tell me about the film? I fucking seen the film. Right, but you were talking about a different bit than me. I was talking about a bit that I No, but the bit you're earlier. talking about references the bit I'm talking about. Yeah, but it's they say... It's bookended. Have you ever seen an Edgar Wright film? Edgar Wright who loves wet leg. You ever seen an Edgar Wright film? Don't get me started on fucking wet leg. Edgar Wright uh, is actually... his like, good music recommendations. Like, twice a year, he'll do like a big music playlist. If it is all the music I'm listening to, and it's normally always pretty good stuff. Wet leg will be in it this year. I hope you're ready for that. Some fucking slippery legs slipping every now and then, but... <laughs> It's the sound of a leg going right up my bum. I don't want to lose your love. Anyway, it's a, it's, so the songs at the start. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I was still talking about what I was saying. The songs at the start of it is the song, and it's I, like, I, I, thought, I, I fully you don't need to explain this any further. Right. I think everybody understands. Then at the end of it, they do like a callback because all of his films are like a very symmetrical, you know, structure. So you know, it's not that they're referencing the film. The reference in the song. Sure, but um, Edgar Wright being the filmmaker that he is. No! It's got nothing to do with Pierre Fonda. I, I guarantee you it is. I'll fight you. I will go down to the Kelvin Grove bandstand when the Scream of Delica is getting its 40th anniversary and I'll say, Bobby, shut the fuck up for two seconds. Let's set a score and we'll ask him his opinion. Yeah, well, Bobby's uh, quite an opinionated guy as well. <laughs> My impression of him. <laughs> there was that thing in 2005 where uh, there was Make Poverty History, oh. um, and he uh, he scribbled over the word poverty and wrote the word Israel, wow. um, which is pretty um, pretty controversial stuff. What's your take history. on the whole uh, Israel Palestine thing, Liam? Would you like me to to go into it on the podcast? Sure. I feel like this is the sort of thing that is going to come back to bite us both on the ass. And it's not going to come back. I'm not fucking saying what I think. Listen, I agree with Amnesty International. That's it. And I agree with Big Thief. Whatever they're saying, that's what I'm well, saying. Yeah, well, they were big. The band Big Thief were due to play about, uh, gigs in. I'm Tel not Aviv. talking about the band when I say that. Okay. Anyway, and uh, and they cancelled their gigs because they were um, told off by their fans for um, playing uh, crossing a cultural boycott. The BDS. Mm. What's that stand for? Uh, boycotts, diversions, and sanctions. Yeah. Um, Should we cut this bit? I, I'm happy for it to to stay in. Yeah. Okay. I good. I don't think I've said anything too controversial. No. Um. But yes, Bobby Gillespie. Um. He has. I know. Well, he spoke quite well about it. I thought. You know. He said, "It's not a criticism of the people of Israel." As much as me criticising the president of America isn't a criticism of the people of America, mm-hmm. um, it's it's different things, isn't it? Yeah, you seem tense, so we. Will I'm not. Move. I'm not tense at all. I think uh, I love different perspectives, different voices, <laughs> um, different opinions coming out, and I just think everybody should have a platform to say what they think. You're just nervous because uh, we haven't announced yet that we're doing a live show in Tel Aviv. We're doing a Tel Aviv show. <laughs> we're doing Meteora by Linkin Park at the end of <laughs> And we're doing one of Adam uh, Sandler's uh, records at, in Tel Aviv. Um, Adam Sandler! <laughs> we're doing a, the whole Radiohead discography. 
and a tour of the Gaza Strip. So we're really not sure how that's going to go down, but the tickets are selling nice. Uh, thank you, Tom's Craven, for the, the Nintendo <laughs> Switch stuff. Um, and we're looking forward to it. So this album, then, once uh, Bobby Gillespie had been uh, sort of inspired by the sort of new Acid House rave scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we talk about, I mean, it started with Harry Styles, this kind of Mr. Benism <laughs> of certain... I mean, Primal Scream were kind of Mr. Ben band. They were jangly indie pop, hard rock Pearl Jam, and now sort of Happy Mondays influenced Manchester and three different albums. And then they went on to do like post-punk and all this different type of stuff and the country album, you know. But I do, I I genuinely think it's not him putting on different clothes. It's just him going like, it's just being creative. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, you're trying different things. Yeah. Um, what, what what do I like? And and also the first few things obviously hadn't worked anyway. So yeah. it's like, you know, well, let's let's challenge ourselves. And this was like, yes, it is Happy Monday's influence, but it is, I think, different enough in that it's not it's not just a, uh, oh, we're trying to be Happy Mondays. It's yeah. like, oh, we're influenced by this and influenced by all these other things as well. Yeah, it's not uh, just... Because there's like dance, indie, dub, gospel and electronica. In this record. For some of the songs just sound like the Rolling Stones on Ekkies. You know, like literally just what if Mick Jagger double dunted and um, started uh, chewing his face off. That's what it sounds like. It's such a journey, the whole album. Like, it it reminded me of... Um, <laughs> it reminded me of that Yashimi kind of Battles the Pink Robots by, uh, oh. by the Flaming Lips. Is that on the it's list? It's just... Uh, no, I don't think it is, and it should be. I think we've said it before. Um, I think the soft bullet might be, but Yoshimi isn't. Um, it's such a, a broad, ambitious album mm-hmm. with so many different styles, but like I feel like it manages to flow in this incredible way that whilst it does hop from genre to genre throughout the record, it always sounds in place and calculated and complimentary well i think when it came out a lot of people were like this is good but it's not good because of primal scream you know we've heard them they're shite this is <laughs> the producers taking their music and then made it class i don't think that's true but you can understand where people were coming from when they were saying that well bobby gillespie did say um if there's no andrew weatherall there's no screamer delica this is as much his album as it is primal screams who, who produced it yeah um so like, there's an element of truth in that, like, uh, yeah, you know. and it's interesting, you know. This is w- where we look on uh, the playlist, and there is like two songs that are called like mix. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah. you have uh, loaded Andy Weatherall mix, and then you have higher than the sun, higher than the orb mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like that's two of the main tracks are like sort of remixes of Primal Scream songs. Yeah, and it's sad because. One thing that makes me sad about it is the fact that there's not a lot of electronic music on the list. Like, the Orb mm. don't show up. Uh, or, like, I don't think the Chemical Brothers are on it or anything like that. Mm. Or, like, Otekra. Or, you know, whatever fucking... Aphex Twin and shit. So, um, it's, like, it's sad that the only way it can get on it is when it's a rock album that's like, oh, we're a wee bit dance music not that it's a yeah. wee bit dance music. It's very it's good dance music, good dance rock. But it is like, you know, it seems like a concession. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the album deserves its place in its own right, uh, but I would like to see some more electronic stuff on here as well. Um, uh, the Again, Bobby was asked about the sort of dance element of it, and uh, he said, well, they were listening to a lot of Northern Soul mm-hmm. whilst, um, whilst making this, and a lot of Northern Soul songs are about dancing, about being in a good place. And being feeling free to dance and have a good move, and so that's what like loaded is like about. Really, it's like, hey, we want to be free to have fun and dance. So let's dance. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely good. There are good. You know what? Total summer festival vibes for the album as well. Somewhat. The thing is, it starts off uh, with a statement of intent, you know, and then it kind of builds and then it dips and it's a big the last couple of tracks they never even played before these shows where they kind of do the album in full there's loads of tracks that they never played live because they were like this is like the come down bit you know what I mean nobody mm-hmm. wants to be listening to come down music when they're coming up I mean, it's literally called I'm coming down yeah I mean they're not so yeah and you've got uh, <laughs> that that massive um, the higher than the sun mm-hmm. with Jar Wobble the dub symphony in two parts <laughs> What a song title, man. But yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. If you're at a, a sort of a bucket hat style outdoor festival gig and you've dropped a fucking half a pill an hour ago mm-hmm. and then suddenly that that comes on. <laughs> you're listening to Shane Like Stars and it's just kind of quiet organ music for seven minutes about um, wanting to tuck up in bed and, and feel your heart race kind of return to normal, you know? And you're like, no. But even those bits, even those bits, I just love the variety that of this uh of the songs on this that that never managed to feel like that harry styles mr ben thing it all feels like it all blends together so well mm-hmm. can i shock you can you shock me please about 20 minutes before we started our conversation i went onto primal screams website and i bought a picture disc of this on final really you loved it that much it's their 30th anniversary and they've released a limited edition picture disc. I love a picture disc. You love a picture and the, disc, don't you? And the album cover is great. It's uh, We don't talk about the album covers enough, I think, sometimes. Uh, this a lot one, of the time they're pretty boring. This is like a sort of abstract kind of creature. It's like a sort of weird uh, Andy Warhol-esque type abstract spider thing. It's, uh, it's based on something that Bobby Gillespie seen when he was on Acid. And he was looking at the ceiling and he seen this mad sun that turned into a spider. And he was like, mm. I scream a Della come out. <laughs> Become as synonymous with Primal Scream as the uh, as the Rolling Stones tongue uh, as became uh, with them in yeah, terms of like, band logos. It's a great uh, logo. That is good. Great logo. And so when I saw it on picture disc, I was like, come on. I want to see that wee blue eye freak spinning about on my very player. And I think it will be a perfect. Uh, I, re- I imagine this is in a hell of a lot of record collections up and uh, all across the world because I think it is a perfect, um, like record in terms of owning vinyl. Mm-hmm. Like uh, this is something you can put on. I think basically in any situation. Mm. I know I've said that before, and you're like, "What about the funeral of your dog?" And it was really fucked up. But I yeah, think this I is another that. good. Um, I said it about James Brown. Would you play this at a dinner party, though? For one of Liam Worthney's dinner parties, when you've made your little uh, butterfly sausage and little white beans, would you... Uh... Yeah, I'd have this on in the background. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm looking forward to it coming. I can't wait. <laughs> That's sick. So I love some of the samples that are used. Uh, in Come Together, the opening track. Uh, is that the opening track? 
Uh, moving on up. Moving on up, moving on up, moving on up. Moving on up. Come, come Sorry, Come Together is uh, is later on. Um, there's, it's got Jesse Jackson um, doing a, a speech. So this is, you know, Big Bobby loves his comrades and Jesse Jackson is doing a speech at a, uh, a festival called uh, Wax Stacks. Wax Stacks? It was a huge music festival in the 60s that was commemorating uh, seven years after the Wat Riots. So it's this big like, sort of black civil rights event. Mm-hmm. I think dropping a Jesse Jackson speech from a Black Civil Rights event into the middle of a fucking Manchester rock rave album mm-hmm. is badass. Yeah. Uh, I've seen somebody criticise him for having stuff like this. Like, he put in a bit of a song. To be fair, it was one of those kind of protest songs that has the N-word in it, and it was kind of like, should you be using that word in a mix? You know, I got a bit of hassle once for, for retweeting a tweet that used the N-word, but it mm. was like a... It was a black person who was tweeting, and I thought it was a funny tweet, so I retweeted it, and people were like, you shouldn't be retweeting that, because that's like you saying that. And I'm like, no, it's not me saying that. It's me saying, here's somebody saying this. Yeah, it's uh, that's a complicated one that I, for once, don't have a strong opinion on. What do you think I, about I, digital blackface? What do you think about using <laughs> GIFs of uh, black people and being... Do you think that's blackface? Some people say it is, uh, some people say it isn't. Yeah, I, I, I think... I think that's a bit of a stretch. Is sampling Jesse Jackson's civil rights speech, is that blackface? Are you accusing Bobby Gillespie of blackface? No. No. Wow. Okay, so we've done Israel, Palestine, and uh, digital blackface. Anything else you want to bring up? Jen- ja- Please don't try and think of something uh, worse. Okay. <laughs> Who? See, when you hear the name Jai Wobble, what do you think? Um. Well, I think of how uh, he was. he played bass on that Sinead O'Connor record that we listened to. Yeah. And uh, how uh, my Twitter mutual, the secret drug addict, great Twitter account. Uh, the secret um, drug addict? Yeah. Who's that? Well, it's a secret. What? The secret drug addict, a massive account on Twitter. Um, who's a, a, it's a recovery Twitter, so it's like oh. uh, he's, he's a recovering Do drug addict. Do you need a wee triangle on your jacket to follow this guy or something? No, he, uh, he used to work with Oasis, and so he tweets a lot about music, and so he's tweets about... Head. He tweets about Alan McGee and stuff like oh, that yeah. as well. I don't know who Bonehead is. Um, and when we did, when we released our Sinead O'Connor episode, he retweeted it and tweeted us saying, oh, I'm going to see Jar Wobble later, who's a friend of mine, and uh, he played bass on this record. I love that bass line in that Sinead O'Connor song. That is, I am stretched on your grave. Yeah. So shout out Secret Drug Addict who uh, so is friends with Jar Wobble and is uh, friends with me, I guess. We're, we're Muchies. Um, Sex. That's what I think when I think of Jar Wobble. Yeah. He was a train conductor, the old Jar Wobble. Worked on British really? Rail on the tube. Yeah, TFL, I should say. Is that where he got his influence with a bass player? The bing bong. <laughs> no. We are now approaching. <laughs> yeah, that's a bass guitar making that noise. Bling bong. Well, no, I don't think it is a bass, but it's a musical inspiration, perhaps. Speaking of uh, musicians and making tones, um, now that we've discovered that uh, Jar Wobble did the National Rail bing-bong tone with his bass guitar, um, I only learned this week, Brian Eno did the Windows logging on music. It's not that one, is it? Ding, ding, ding. Uh-huh. He did it in like '94 and 2000, I think. So, I think he did ding, da, ding, 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 ding. I don't remember. It's Brian that Eno. One. I don't remember. Of that Roxy one. Music. I like the Windows XP. I think. Yeah, I think that was him. Oh, was that him as well? Wow. 
What, a, what an absolute mensch. I really respect that. Um, I really enjoyed Dub Symphony with Jar Wobble. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, you know, I listened to this album a couple of times this week. See, walking about listening to this during the day doesn't really work. See, disagree. Nighttime is a nighttime record for me. You know, I've I've listened to it during the day at night time, uh, at the in between stages. We're coming up to summer solstice, so you know, <laughs> twilight. Just if you're listening to this in the future or in the past, maybe if you have access to some kind of strange technology, uh, it's the summer solstice right now. We're in, uh, yep. which does so, affect enjoyment albums, I think. Hell yeah, it's a summer. This is summery. I feel this is a summer festival record, and it's June. I feel summery. Mm-hmm. If if that if that gig that they're playing in Glasgow mm-hmm. was happening not on a night where I'm already gigging, I'd be there. Really? I think that'd be a great. Oh hell yeah! I think that'd be a great, fun night out. Were you into this record before this week, or have you just had the complete? No. Oh, I've wow. loved it though. This is enjoyable. Well, from an the album. first listen, and it's not often that I put it on straight away, and I'm like halfway through, I was like, hell yeah, this absolutely fucking bangs. I love records that are like bold like this. It's so bold, and like halfway through, one of the songs is ten minutes long, mm-hmm. and then it's another one that's like seven minutes long, and it's like it's not. They're not thinking, oh, this one, this is the single and this is that. You know what I mean? It's like, this has just been made because they had to make it. Because that was what they were feeling at the time. I think there is a degree of cynicism in that they'd done a remix of that song in the last album and it was loaded and they put that out as a single and people were like, right, this is good. And then they took ages to make this and people were kind of like, I think the moment's passed and then it came out and the moment hadn't passed because cunts were loving it, you know. They followed it up. They followed it up. They uh, did I the work. Go, they sat their ass down out. and listened. That record, that song, Don't Fight It, Feel It, with the whistle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't whistle, but it's like... <laughs> Can you not whistle? Cannot whistle. Wow. Can't do it. I can't do one of those loud whistles where you put your finger in your mouth. I wish I could do that. Can't do that either. I can just wet my fingers and thumb. But um, it, which isn't much use when you're trying to get someone's attention. Well, depends how close you. Are. <laughs> uh, Denise Johnson, who does the uh, vocals on that, is amazing. There's a she is incredible, but there's a really funny moment in that classic albums documentary where a guy who was like maybe assistant guitarist or tour manager or something. He's like, there's a lot of Scottish guys who are like, yeah, man, we just showed up at four in the morning and. And we were all high as fuck, so we just recorded the guitar, kind of like, call and response. But then there's this English guy who's like, honestly, Denise Johnson, um, there's maybe four perfect musicians in the history of the world. Denise Johnson, uh, Dizzy Gillespie, and Miles Davis, and Chet Baker. And Denise, her voice is like a full band. It's like... You hear every instrument coming through. When she sings, it reminds me of the moment on Miles Davis's album, uh, Some Kind of Blue, It's Blue Over Green, and he, the bass player's laying down a sustained A major with the B, and then you hear this classic full B just a minute in, just Miles hitting that note. And that's what her singing was like. And I was howling, man. You know, you can't... It's just funny the way the people in the band who are like, yeah, man. I mean, we were all trying to play guitar as well as we could, but you know, I ju- I just lived across the road from when I was sixteen, so that's how I got in the band. And then there's this guy's like, her singing is like jazz, and you're like, shut up, man. I agree with him. I think her singing <laughs> is like jazz. Maybe it's an English Scottish thing. I don't know. Oh, here's a Scottish thing that you'll you'll probably understand. Mm-hmm. 
Have you heard the single that Primal Skin released for Euro 96? Primal Skin? Fucking secret portion confirmed? No, uh, the opposite. What are you saying? Primal Scream released a record for Euro 96. It's called The Big Man and the Scream Team Meet the Barmy Army Uptown. And uh, it features Irvin Welsh. And it was heavily criticised for its anti-Rangers lyrics. Really? Would you like to hear some of them? Now we're getting controversial. In every hick town in Caledonia, across the pseudo-nation... You can see the most fucked up scum that was shat into creation, where a Bloom McEwen's lager top equals no imagination. You're unbelievable. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. I know we've spoke about the uh, digital blackface and, um, you know, Israel-Palestine conflict. Well, not conflict, the Israel-Palestine situation. But this is really, uh, this is too hot. It's too spicy. It's too spicy a take for me. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I don't want to talk about what I am, but uh, that's fucked up to say that shit to me. <laughs> All we want to be is free to be anti-sectarian <laughs> in Glasgow to celebrate the European Football Championship, <laughs> and we want to get loaded. Yeah. There's a lot of watching the the, the the they talk about how this album is so successful that it essentially ruined everybody in the band's life because they got more fans and then they played bigger gigs and then they got more money and then with the money they bought more drugs and then they just never stopped doing drugs. And yeah, the rhythm guitarist uh, died pretty young mm. um, from basically just years and years of alcohol and drug abuse um and uh, i mean andrew weatherall's uh, now dead as well um as is uh, denise johnson there's uh, oh, a lot of people on this that. yeah denise johnson died i think two years ago um so there's a lot of people on this record who uh really i mean none of them were that old either no. i think i think they're all sort of uh i think the youngest was like 40 46 i think um yeah, they'll they'll die pretty young. Um, but there's, there's a few Scottish guys who are like, do you know that? Do you know people talk about like acid casualties, where it's like someone's mm-hmm. done acid to the point where it's destroyed the the way their brain works. Uh, you also get a lot of people in Glasgow that are this kind of era who are like pill casualties, where they just done ecstasy so much that it destroyed the serotonin part of the brain, and they're just Mate. like husks of men. When I did the uh, Happy Mondays interview, there was a few of those people in the audience. Let me tell you. Coming down to the Glee Club. <laughs> they not, were fucked. I've not felt who, Glee in about fucking 14 years. A guy fell off stage. Not, fell off his seat halfway through. It was a Q&A. It wasn't music playing. I was like, so um, tell me, what really happened when you are recording your fourth album? And a guy just fell on the floor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's a really high chair there. <laughs> Took a couple um, of things. <laughs> so you you seem slightly less convinced than me to uh than than I am uh for the album. Did you enjoy the album? Yeah, I dug it. I really uh. It made me go back to the wee guy that I was when I was thirteen, and I heard "Do You Want to Go See Primal Scream?" and I just based it. I went, "Oh, they'll be like a big crazy heavy rock band," and and then I heard it and I was like, "Oh god, this is like advert music." Because you do hear a lot of this stuff, like moving on up and like coming together and loaded and stuff. You, it's hard to listen to this record without going, without being like, "Don't wanna lose your love," and then it's like, "With a Viva." Or like uh, Scottish gas. Or the the bad one is I think it's moving on up 
and it's like it's been used in like the Toyota hybrid Yaris, the Toyota Yaris hybrid car. Do you notice how sometimes if you watch like Amazon Prime too much or you watch Twitch too much and you haven't paid for the subscription and mm. you get the same adverts over and over again? I got one of these Primal Scream, Screamadelica songs in an advert on YouTube or Amazon Prime and it was just the Toyota Yaris Hybrid. So as euphoric and uh, genre changing as the record is and fun to listen to and really fucking crafted and like loads of weird details and like it makes you want to take drugs you know when you listen to it it makes you want to just fucking chew your face off but also buy toyotas buy toyotas yeah yeah and there's a lot of stuff on it that's like like the last four songs are all like come down sunday morning at the festival waking up you know it's like that on moby it's always moby being played sunday morning at the festival yeah and that's I think I always felt about doing stuff like that was like the come down lasts way longer than the actual. I, it's not fair, you know. Like the up lasts a couple hours, and then the the down parts like days, man. You know. Yeah, I mean the up for me would be days, and the down would be. Oh. But then I took a lot of drugs. Yeah, that's probably. And the, the down, way to do it. I would, I would, I would then drink through the down. Oh. You've got problems, man. You need to get help. Uh, oh, you got it. Great. Uh, yeah. Me and Bobby. You and Big Bebo. Uh, I like Kevin. He seems like a pure... Uh, he seems like a... I was expecting to not like him. I thought he was going to be a wank. And actually, I think he's fucking sound. He's got that kind of wanky voice. But he did live in England for a while. And that changes a man, you know. Um, but he just seems like a big dweeby music fan, you know, who is in a rock band and like likes cool music, and mm. he he hasn't went the way of a lot of these kind of nineties people. He hasn't done a guy for the verve where he's like an anti-vaxxer or whatever. He just seems like a kind of guy who's like in his fifties or sixties. The guy from the Richard Ashcroft is he an anti-vaxxer? I may have made that up, but there's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> music journalist. Christopher MacArthur Boyd. Listen, it won't surprise uh, you to hear me say that I really enjoyed the album. I can't wait until my vinyl arrives and we'll play it on picture disc. If they were playing on a day where I could go and I wasn't at the Nottingham Glee, then I would be there. But unfortunately, I'm not. So I can't. We were supposed to um, do this yesterday, but we didn't do it because it was Liam's birthday. And I just want to put this out there. I got Liam a birthday present. I bought him... A vinyl record. Did you really? It hasn't arrived yet. It hasn't arrived yet. Don't tell me what it is. No, I won't tell you what it is. I'll just say it's coming up on the list. Wow. That's so exciting. You've got one of 440 albums that I've got here. (laughs) That's really not kind of you. Uh, Is it what's next week? Is it that? I've got you two-pack Shakur. No, I haven't done that. I don't know. Are we doing two-pack next week? I think it's two-pack next week. We second, then I'll get the list up. Um, But yeah, I enjoyed the album. For sure. I enjoyed the record. It wasn't... But it's not like now I'm a scream at it like a guy, you know. I'm interested in some of the other albums, though. Not the ones before it, but having done this and then everybody's life falls apart, you know. I'm interested in uh, where they go for here. Next week, it's All Eyes On Me by Tupac. Shakur. All Eyes On Me. All Eyes On Me. All Eyes On Me. Let's both burn them. Arguably the Tupac of YouTube musical comedy. 
it's, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. <laughs> that's a fair assessment of everybody involved. I Arguably think. the two-pack of YouTube comedy in that um, another YouTuber is probably going to shoot him. I hope so. Who do you think it's going to be? Me. Yeah, I forgot you were a YouTuber. <laughs> TikTok um, crowd work comedian Liam Withnail has attacked and killed. That's a weird way of doing the headline, isn't it? To do attacked and killed Bo Burnham. Um, tell me now, uh, hear me now, what's your playlist? Don't say hear, me now. <laughs> hear me now, what's your playlist pick for this week? Every week we each choose a song from the album that we've covered to add to our ever growing Enjoy an Album playlist. Uh, and we also choose a song inspired by our conversation by said about said album. You um, can access the playlist at tinyurl.com forward slash enjoy a playlist. It's also in the podcast description. On spotify and apple music that was really good the first two times we've done it and then yeah right what's your what's your what's going to be on the actual uh the actual uh from the album i'll do that again <laughs> <laughs> what song from screamadelica is gonna be your choice this week I'm going to put on Higher Than The Sun featuring Jar Wobble, a dub symphony in two parts. The big Jar Boy. Mm -hmm. It's exciting. I wonder if we would like uh, Public Image Limited. Hope they're on the list. They had a good, I think they've got one called Metal Box, one of their albums, and it came in a metal box. And it's supposed to be quite good. Um, I'm going to stick on, just because of the great times that I've had with Aviva. Who? I don't even know. What is Aviva? Is it car insurance? I think so. Yeah. Well, I... I don't have a car, but I might just get some insurance anyway, because I love this song. Uh, I'm going to stick on Moving On Up. Moving on up, yeah. Ooh, and out of the darkness. It kind of splits um, the difference between Mick Jagger and uh, Billy Corgan on some of the vocals on this, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. My, uh, my second choice, I'm going to put on um, an Andrew Weatherall remix. Um, him and Paul Oakenfold remixed um, Hallelujah by the Happy Mondays. R.I.P. Um, to a legend, though. And it, and it slaps, so I'm going to put that on there. There's a funny bit in that documentary where they're interviewing Andrew, where they're always like, yeah, man. I mean, a lot of people ask me, like, what was going on with the production? Like, where did you get these ideas? But, you know, that whistle, do you know the bit where it's like, and I'm not whistling because I don't know how to whistle, right? Yeah. People ask me, like, where did that come from? And I just say, I just thought it needed a whistle, yeah? Pretty cool. He's a genius. He's yeah. a musical genius. <laughs> That's the kind of genius that makes this kind of record. It's like an earworm, but I was like, how are we going to get it, like, in your head, you know? It's like, whistle. It reminded me, that whistle, um, of the puzzle game by Jonathan Blow called The Witness. And there's a puzzle in it in which you have to, like, draw a line that, like, corresponds with a sound you can hear in the background. And it sounds like that whistle. So that would be down, 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 up, up. And then you draw the line that opens the door. Wow. That sounds great. You should do it's a playlist of the indie games that the songs remind us of as well. It's called The Witness. It's one of the best best puzzle games ever written. Put it on a Steam. A Steam playlist, right? What's your second choice? Uh, I kind of struggled with this, to be honest with you. I kind of wanted to put on Jesus in the Mary Chain, but why did they put them on? Mm. Um, I don't really... I'm going to stick on the first band I ever saw that had... Because they had Denise Johnson on this record, but they also had a few uh, 
Black Women as a gospel choir. And I remember I went to see Girls, um, and they had a, a gospel choir on their song Vomit by Girls. And it's a bit tangential, if I'm honest with you. Is it? Mm-hmm. But I love that. See when you have a gospel choir on a song? No, yeah, yeah okay, I'm going to give you it for the gospel yeah, choir. But it, it, there's, there's, this, there's a live version that they've done in an empty church on Pitchfork where the acoustics are incredible in San Francisco. And um, Is it definitely on Spotify then? That's that, Oh, because that was an issue last week because... Um, Cardiac's R.E.S. isn't on Spotify, so we put on two of your extra choices instead of any of mine. Um, so this week, I'm not sure if... The, the live version won't be, but this, the one on the album, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Vomit by Girls, there's a bit where the the gospel singers come in and every time I listen to it, it makes the hairs of my neck stand up because I love it so much. Okay, one of your worst choices. You are going to be kidding me on. Fucking William Shatner doing common people and you're saying that to me right now. That was, but that was in the Henry Rollins episode. He's friends with William Shatner and they've they've done spoken word things together. So it at least made sense. And also, it's a fucking brilliant song. You've never even heard it and I know you've never even heard it. You just automatically went, oh, it's going to be shit. And now you've you've dug your heels in and now you're too embarrassed. I bet if you listen to it, you'd be like, this fucking slaps. This is the most controversial thing you've said the whole episode, honestly. Or the topics you keep bringing up about... Amnesty uh, International's position on William Shatner is that that song fucking slaps and criticising it is uh, anti-human rights. Mm, I think BDS stands for bad the Liam Withnail's song. <laughs> Whoa! Stinky! Stinky! You can't hear it, but we're both waving our hands in front of our face because I agree that it's pretty stinking chat. So next week it's Tupac, All Eyes On Me. All Eyes On Me. Is that saying that song shows up with it? Probably not. The uh, the Bo Burnham song, All Eyes On Me, yeah, I think I think uh, the, I think two packs is gonna cover it. Hey, I'll see you then. Hey, have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. We wanna get loaded! Oh and enjoying it. Thank you.